I'm Bo Maddox with Robert Ortegon and Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, and we just smoked a couple of blunts ourselves, and we invite you to do the same. Right, guys? Oh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Of course, I am here with Ashley Chancellor and Robert Ortegon. The one and only. The one and only. How, How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. We just can't wait to do this episode. Oh, man, this episode is going to be all kinds of fun. Right, Ash? It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, we just uh, showed this movie to Ash for the first time. You know, a very like, this is your first time ever, right? First time ever seeing this movie, and it is just a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time in a long time I've seen it, you know, and this is uh, something that's in my collection. Of course, we are talking about Tom Green's seminal, neo-dotedist, absurdist comedy film, Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, man, this movie is so much fun. Right, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. Every time I've seen it, it's like brand new. (laughs) I mean, I went on IMDb to do some research for this movie and I looked at all the user reviews and I have to tell you I just saw one out of ten after one out of ten after one out of ten after one out of ten it took me a while to even get to like a ten out of ten and I was just like friend there you are (laughs) my we, we are fellow fans here right 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 with this kind of thing it's just it's just so so bad but you gotta love it like you know, are you sure it's bad? It's, I think it's great. Actually, it, it, this is a fantastic movie. I think. I mean, I don't see why people don't get what the, where this movie's coming from. I mean, I guess you kind of have to have a certain type of experience in life to really understand it. Like even when this movie came out, though, I was able to kind of jibe with its humor and jibe with what Tom Green was actually trying to say with it. Right. Right, and it, it's a movie. I think that. Maybe maybe those people that thought it was bad were were trying to take it too seriously. But when you watch this movie, you 
definitely shouldn't take it seriously. At, le- at least at the at the first uh, viewing, you shouldn't take it so seriously. But I'm I'm of the opinion that if you actually sit down and analyze this movie, there's a lot of interesting uh, things that it has to say about you know the whole gross-out comedy uh, genre that was really prevalent around that time. I mean, we're watching the movie right now, and yes, Tom Green is totally wanking off a, a horse, I guess. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, spoiler alert, that happens. That totally happens. Guys, what what do you think? Just I like mean, a braiding farm. He's like, I'm a farmer. I'm <laughs> a farmer, daddy. They just take semen, they sell it. Yeah. That's where I finally started to get the tone of this movie. You do the same thing. Was, oh, ex- exactly. And that, right that's not, there. That's not even 10 minutes into the movie, that's, right? That that right there is the first instance where the movie just goes to what the fuck. <laughs> and well, <laughs> well I, I think that the real what the fuck is probably that first scene. You know, it's like the first thing you see is Tom Green's uh, or Gro- Grody or Bro- I think that his name Gordy. That's his Lord. name. I, it's funny that at first the first thing I went Gordy. for was Grody, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe it's an anagram for Grody. <laughs> like a very, very simple Gordon, anagram, right? Like Gordon. Like it's a weird just, name. Yeah. Yeah, right? But yeah, I mean... Is it short for Gordon? Mm-hmm. Gordy, he's, he's an aspiring so. animator. He uh, travels to Hollywood from Portland to uh, se- try to sell his uh, drawings as, a, as an animated show, and he gets rebuffed, and he uh, goes back to... Uh, he goes back home, and shenanigans happen. And eventually... He accuses his dad of fingering Freddy, his brother. <laughs> like, is that something that would even fly nowadays in, in movies? If somebody tried to make that, it's like, that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. There's so much uh, refuge and audacity here that they're grown ass men, you know. And it's yeah, like, oh man, I mean, Tom Green <laughs> is a straight grown ass man, and here he is on a. Uh, Conveyor on a belt. conveyor belt with a goddamn sausage on his crotch going ding dong ding <laughs> dong ding dong it's and like, nobody in that scene gives a shit <laughs> I love it thing. I know right but I mean Tom Green himself his career is actually very very interesting I think I mean he, he started off on a college uh, radio station that, that's actually where he met one of his sidekicks uh, his future sidekicks for the Tom Green show was Grin Humperlink you know, he they had a call-in show on a college radio station for many years. For for those uh, too young to know, like that was pretty much the podcast of their day. Pretty much, it was like you know little college radio st- radio shows that were just broadcast locally and everything. But I mean, he got to start there, and then he started a public access uh, comedy show, and eventually that led to MTV picking him up. Like he was he was also a rapper. Like he he actually had a uh, rap album that won the Juno Award, really? which is pretty much the uh, Canadian uh, equivalent of the Grammys. Yeah, and it was also in heavy rotation on Much Music back in the day. Which, if you're too young to uh, remember, Ash, that's pretty much uh, what is now uh, Fuse, right? Fuse TV. Fuse TV. Yeah. yeah, that that was pretty much Canadian MTV back in the day. That wasn't too mm. bad. And it, it was better. Up. I think it was yeah. better back in the day. I remember waking up and just watching Fuse TV. I remember watching it when it was much music. Right. Yeah, that's how ancient I am, people. Much music. <laughs> or they don't even do MTV anymore. 
I mean, also, I mean, Tom Green, he had the Tom Green show on uh, MTV back in the day. That was back when they were really willing to take a risk on their programming. It, I mean, in many ways, it was kind of like what Adult Swim was like back in the 2000s or even the early 2010s, like kind of. Jamie Kennedy experiment or something? No. Do you ever see that show? Was it all like this movie? <laughs> It had it had humor that was very similar to it, but it was kind of more like a prank show. Like he would go out uh, into uh, crowds and like onto uh, into shops and everything, and he would pull this bullshit like this like one jackass. It, one, yeah, it was kind of he was kind of like proto jackass like in a way. Punked. Yeah, it, it, it was even, it was even weirder than both of those. Before honestly. punk, there was like, here was a typical uh, one of his more typical and famous sketches. He uh, took a dairy cow into a supermarket dressed up like a farmer, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't remember what context it was, but he ends up uh, going underneath the cow and sucking milk straight from its teats. Just straight, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is in the uh, credit scene. In this oh, movie, the yeah, credit bloopers. The oh yeah, he he does that. That's pretty much like his signature like bit, pretty much. So yeah, it's pretty much humor like that, Ash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes some of those scenes, uh, you know, make a little bit of sense, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> like the aforementioned uh, stud farm scene. Horse penis. Horse penis. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, while he had his show on MTV, he ended up uh, having uh, testicular cancer, he, which uh, actually led to him having a surgery that he actually broadcasted on his show. And you can briefly see it in this movie. Like, his uh, brother, Freddie, played by, uh, what was his name, Eddie K. Thomas? Is that his name? Homeboy, like, Finch from... Uh, oh, yeah. From American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah, that's uh, Eddie K. Thomas, I believe. Yeah, he's actually watching that whenever the social worker comes to pick him up. Spoiler alert, everybody. Of course, there's yeah. lots of lots of spoilers on this episode. He's um, Harold and Kumar, White Castle. Yeah, he's in Harold and Kumar very yeah, briefly. Like they're, they're the dudes that are watching movies just to just to see some tits. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Holmes, bro. Katie Holmes, bro. No shit. <laughs> All right. Ash, I mean, obviously you've never seen anything from the Tom Green show. None whatsoever. Well, of interest to uh, the younger crowd, he did have a uh, he does he did have an internet show on YouTube for quite a while where it was kind of similar to the Tom Green show where it was yeah, he kind of have a had like a talk show format. He'd like mm -hmm. sit down at a uh, at a uh, desk and everything, and he would uh, just kind of do little interludes into his sketches and whatnot. He, he had a uh, his friends uh, Glenn Humperdinck and who was the other dude that he was sitting in the back with a coffee mug. I don't remember his name. Somebody, somebody, YouTube, yeah. or, or or Wikipedia, or something. Bring something up, Robert, the Ash. Tom, the Tom where are you at show. on this? <laughs> Damn it, you, really you have, dude! I you watched have, a lot of Jamie Kennedy experiment. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Jamie Kennedy experiment. <laughs> <laughs> experiment is pretty funny as well. Yeah. That that was probably the last time Jamie Kennedy was actually funny. I think. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, he he fell off after that. All of those most wanted in the Scream films. That's about it, right? Yeah, huh. I, th I think so. Yeah, yeah, Malibu's Most Wanted. I think you just mentioned that. That, that was a weird movie. <laughs> Gotta see it. <laughs> it. It's kind of essential viewing if you want to see, you know, the uh, white boy hip-hop stereotype <laughs> pounded into the crowd. <laughs> There's a lot of that, even like Scary Movie 4 or something, right? Oh, yeah, 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 man. I mean, he and Tom Green, he also had a one-hit wonder. He had the Bum Bum song. 
Like, I don't know if either of y'all have ever seen this. I've never seen that. Oh, man, this was actually in rotation on, uh, on uh, like, Total Request Live for a little while. And it was this very silly, very childish song that, honestly, it was referenced by Eminem in the Real Slim Shady video, which is, incidentally, what this movie closes out on. So that's (laughs) a little bit of a shout-out right there. Okay. (laughs) Because it... (laughs) Because, you know, I, I think there's a lyric in there where he uh, mentions that Tom Green is probably doing more to corrupt uh, the youth than Eminem ever could, which I don't know. It might be a good point. <laughs> 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 might be a good point. I mean, we're here at the uh, get inside the animal scene yeah. where he he disembowels a deer and just sloths around in it. It's it's obviously fake, but it is just just Almost. the concept itself is out there. I mean, th- this is a man that actually humped a dead moose on the side of the road. Get inside the animal's gore. No, man. Like he's, he got inside the animals. You really want to be an animator? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be an animator? Disembowel this fucking deer. Fucking get right inside of its body and get inside the animals. Learn what they think. Learn what they feel. You got to get inside the animals, Ash. Yeah, Ash, you got to get inside, inside the animals. The animals. Get inside the, the animals. <laughs> like that one... What was the name of that alien in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back? Oh shit! Uh, the it wasn't Bantha, right? I don't think it was Bantha. No, it wasn't a Bantha. That's a larger creature, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Tonton. Tonton. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, when the, he gets the inside the Tonton, and that's what I thought they were first gonna go for. When it says <laughs> a little, little, bit, of a, little bit of a Star Wars reference, kind of. But yes. But then he realized that the deer, of course, isn't big enough, so he wears it as like a skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a coat. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous thing, and then gets hit by a truck. Yeah, and he and he lives and gives no shits. Zero shits are given. Zero. This is just a movie where zero fucks were given all around. Gets back in his car, swings around, a drives back to Portland. Newborn baby by the cord. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna get to some of those scenes here in a little bit. I mean, but yeah, Tom Green's overall style of humor. I mean, it's very in your face. Very there's it has this weird sexual angle to it. That's I don't know why it's not like prurient or anything it's more just like kind of silly and uh, childish in a way Mm -hmm. right i mean childish is kind of an apt description for this guy's comedy i mean there was a skit there's a skit that he did where he went up on an open mic uh, stand-up comedy night and he just sat there and just made these guttural noises that were just like I would do that. <laughs> the entire time, and he was booed off the stage, and the, and, and the MC was just like, I don't know what that was. I've been doing this for years. I'm sorry for that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tom Green gives no fucks. I mean, he's kind of like Andy Kaufman, and he out, how he had kind of an angle of anti-humor to mm-hmm. it. You know, I mean, it's anti-humor. I mean, in many ways, I don't. this is humor that's not meant to be funny, as paradoxical as that may sound. I mean, Robert, I mean, a perfect example example is this uh, dinner scene right here. I mean, he he just wants to eat a chicken sandwich. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to eat a goddamn chicken sandwich. I just want to have my chicken sandwich. But he has overbearing parents that want to have dinner as a family, so he has to eat the family meal. Here's what it is. His mom is so sweet and just so, she just wants her family to stay together no matter what. But Rip Torn, his character, which is a character I'm going to really get into a lot because I relate a lot to this. You know, he is just such an overbearing asshole. I mean, to the, the point the of black to the point of being psychotic, where it's it's like so plaintively obvious why Gordy is the way he is. It's mm-hmm. because he was 
it was just natural response to his father, really. So then why isn't Freddie like that? For, I don't know, because Freddie probably just acquiesced a little more. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just more acquiescent overall to his uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Just, just overall. It's yours. Hop in. LeBaron. Bend your boots. It's LeBaron. This is number one son in the license plate. That's me. I'm the number one son. It's never easy to let go. You make your daddy proud. You hear me? I'm going to make you so proud. Make your daddy proud. Proud. Are you really excited about starting to work at the sandwich factory tomorrow? Hello? Can you hear me? There's probably people at the factory that have been making cheese sandwiches their entire lives, and they're going to look at me, 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 and they're going to call me a loser. Ooh, you can't hurt me. Not with my cheese helmets. Hello? Hello? He couldn't handle the complexities of making a cheese sandwich, so now he's back home. The treasure and that's up on a row. Are you in the zone? Oh no, the treasure! It went into that underwater cave! He thinks different. You want to just barge into a restaurant and expect someone to give you a TV show? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah? Hey! He talks different. I can walk backwards fast as you can. And other backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. What God name are you doing? And he acts. Ah! Different. No, 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 no. My plan. Give me my plan. But that's only because he is. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to happen. You pathetic loser. Is this your dad? That's my phone. Regency Enterprises presents. Tom Green. He's a stupid. Now, if you'll excuse me, I still have some work to do. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausage? We're real proud of it. They could have come up with a better title. But, I mean, also there's the weird uh, animal angle to his humor, of course. You know, the aforementioned Get Inside the Animals, the horse dong. I mean... Drawing the, uh, animal cartoons, mostly. Yeah, and drawing yeah, animal cartoons, mostly. I mean, it's this weird kind of parallel. I mean, I guess that it just kind of shows how his humor sees people just in general. They're kind of no different than animals in his mm-hmm. world, kind of. I mean, yeah, there, there are many ways where some of the characters here are kind of animalistic. And the humor kind of exaggerates it. Like, he, even his uh, his disabled girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know? Oh. It's like, yeah, he has a girlfriend who is in a wheelchair. She's differently abled. But, I mean, she's still a sexual being, even to the point of being animalistic about it. I mean, Gordy is very animalistic in the way that he, uh, in, in the way that he reacts to a lot of his dad's shit, you know, when he's crazy about <sighs> it. He's, sometimes he gets very guttural. He gets, like, just, you know, beyond human, in a way. Yeah, his dad is really a character. Like you definitely see where where Gordy gets it oh, from. Honestly honestly, Gordy's dad is the ultimate character. <laughs> through and through. He is the ultimate uh, anti comedic character because he's he's just an asshole. That's mm-hmm. all that he is. 
there's I mean I, I think that this role even kind of pained Rip Torn to actually do you know <laughs> you, you can kind of see it in his face he, I mean it's just like what the what the fuck am I doing here fucking damn it it's like I mean it, it, it almost feels like it just kind of comes out in his performance mm-hmm. when you really get down to it look that's really him <laughs> but I mean this movie really it's kind of a mirror for his uh, own life and his own relationship with his parents, which was very, very public because he made that very much a part of his comedy in the Tom Green show. And even earlier on his uh, public access show was he he did a lot of trolling of his parents. Mm -hmm. Like, check this out, Ash. This is what he did one time. He, he did an interview with his parents. This, this was on MTV where he asked them just all kinds of just inappropriate questions about their sex lives and everything. (laughs) And then he actually made a statue, which was his dad having anal sex with his mom and put it in the front, in the front yard. Tom Green. (laughs) And it's a water fountain. So there's fucking water coming out of uh, his dad's stone penis. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, mortified it's <laughs> so mortified it's like their own likenesses and it, like his, his dad is just so stoically just looking at this shit like what the fuck <laughs> like that's another part of his comedy is always just fucking with his family because like coffin because honestly his real life brother was actually uh, a part i think he was a co-writer of i don't know about this movie but he was a co-writer on the tom green show Mm-hmm. Nice. So, I mean, his brother and him, have, I think, might have a better relationship than is portrayed in this movie. Yeah, I mean, his family is, plays a huge part in his humor. Like, I mean, all throughout. And that's why this Correct. movie has that kind of uh, autobiographical edge to it. Kind, yeah. kind of like the previous movie that we had, uh, Rocky. Uh-huh. And even going back to Eraserhead, those are all very autobiographical movies. And this movie is, uh, is no different, really. Hi. 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 I'm X-Ray Cat. I've got superpowers. I can see through wooden doors with my X-Ray vision, wooden doors. I can see the criminal on the other side. He can't see me and he's committing crime. I come along and say, I can see you. He says, you can't see me. I say, yes, I can. With my X-Ray. X-Ray Cat. You can't get me. You can't get me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. See a little... The bananas. I know a banana. Fly for jobs. Telephone repairman. Guy came and said, "You want a job here?" And he said, "Yeah, I want to get jobs. Telephone repairman." He got the job. You got the job, buddy. <laughs> then the beavers came. The beavers started yelling at another beaver. The beavers started yelling at the other beaver. He said, "You're stupid beaver. You're stupid." <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in, in many ways, I mean, his on-screen parents here, Rip Torn and Julie Haggerty, I mean, they do kind of mirror his actual real-life parents. It's just that his parents were, uh, his dad was maybe a little more stoic and, as far as we know, not so upfront with being an a-hole about his his uh, son's behavior. They were probably caricatured a little bit. They were very much caricatured. For the, for the comedic purposes. Yeah, they, 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 these are all very much caricatures. Even Gordy himself is very much a caricature of uh, Tom Reed. Everything all right over there, Robert? Yeah, my headphone fell out of my ear. Oh, my goodness. All right. My my thought is that... Could you hear that? 
Tom Green's humor is on this level. He has to have a personality similar to Gordy's. And then it makes you wonder if that, in fact, mirrors his career path in any way also. Yeah, I mean, he, he very much started from the bottom rung, you know, and he was very much living with his parents for most all of his uh, life up mm-hmm. until uh, he started to get some success with MTV and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and also success as a rapper as well. He's a rapper. And have you have you, have you ever heard his rap? No, no. Dude, he's actually a pretty decent MC on the level of like some of the dudes from Beastie Boys. I've seen of. his skateboarding really? though too. What? He's also yeah, he's also a skateboarder. Yeah. He's done professional skateboarding. I think he did. Uh, he used to do skate videos back in the day as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the intro of this movie is pretty much a skate video. His signature yeah. move. The, the flippy I wondered thing. about that. So, what, Robert, what was his signature move? Uh, the flippy thing. That, yeah, that weird uh, flip where he uh, flips his uh, board yeah. around while he's uh, up on the railing and then he uh, jumps off. And exactly. Kind of like board. a hand Skating. flip plus a foot plant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something like that. Almost yeah. like a Tony Hawk thing, right? Yeah, man, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. is a uh, decent skateboarder himself, or he was back in the day, and all of that was 100% him, and apparently the studio didn't want him to do that because they didn't want to lose both their director and the main actor at once. I mean, they already made enough of a gamble with this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they they already sunk in a good little amount of money and they were just like, if you fuck yourself up, we're going to be out of a production for a while. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is irresponsible, but he did it anyway because he was like, no, I'm the only one that could do this shit. It has to. It, it has to be him. And he nailed it. Like, I mean, he totally nailed that part. <laughs> oh yeah, we are watching that scene now, ladies birth and gentlemen. Scene. The birth scene. Where we're gonna get. We're gonna, yeah, we're, we're gonna get into all of this here in a little bit. Like that scene is so crazy, you know. But I mean, going going back to Gordy's parents, I mean, they're they're very much exaggerations, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, Tom Green has done all kinds of other different types of pranks that were kind of similar to what he did in this movie like he actually uh, painted his house uh, his parents house completely plaid on the outside <laughs> like straight seattle style plaid <laughs> i'm talking i'm talking straight grunge bro grunge grunge rock <laughs> see now that, that goes almost into the the level of the level that gordy goes to as a character moving the house to pakistan yeah it kind of goes to that level of trolling yeah i mean that's what this is this is a troll movie all the way it has an insane troll logic to it. The actual universe of the movie itself, I mean, nothing really seems to have any real consequence. I mean, there is a night in in jail that uh, Gordy uh, goes through, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Like, he pretty much tortures his family. In, in many ways, it's like, yeah, this is kind of a mentally ill person and torturing his family. <laughs> When you, he, he's, he's kind of a sociopath mm-hmm. when you really get down to it. I mean, he just does things instinct, instinctively. I mean, he doesn't uh, give a fuck if he's telling the truth or not. I mean, he, he thinks nothing of literally yanking a baby out of a pregnant woman and swinging mm-hmm. the damn thing around by its umbilical cord. I mean, this is, this is an unhinged character, but in this universe, nothing really happens to him that much except for that one night in jail and he thinks nothing of beyond himself most of the time most of the time yeah it, it, he is kind of narcissistic in a way right mm-hmm. like you're the only person that exists yeah so. <laughs> he, he's very self-centered but you know in a way in the universe that he lives in he it makes sense for him to be that way 
Mm-hmm. It completely makes sense because everybody else is kind of a gross exaggeration of a certain type of personality anyways. Like, for instance, his girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. like his girlfriend is very oversexed. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that she's also disabled, which is, which is kind of challenging in a way because that's just not typically how society views a disabled folk. If you think about it, okay. The reason she's oversexed, I think, was was evident because she doesn't probably get a lot of sex because of the way society views Yeah, her. yeah. There's probably a little bit of a commentary there. I mean, there, there's certain types of social commentary that comes in and out of this film, and that's part of it. I mean, even in the... Uh, in the actual uh, DVD commentary for this film, Tom Green points out, like, hey, there's no other film out there that had a protagonist dating a woman who was disabled like that. Mm-hmm. And having her actually be sexual. The girl from Super yeah. Trooper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she's actually a pretty good fit for him, you know? Mm-hmm. They're both very good fits for each oh, other. She's because definitely a very odd character as well. The yeah, original scene that you start seeing her in, she's flipping the creamer yeah that that's an interesting little tick right there you know just sitting there just trying to see how many times she flips the creamer over to where it lands back on its end through you can already tell from the beginning of that scene that she's almost as messed up as he is oh yeah almost as messed up you know i mean it, it kind of brings to mind honestly you know for a weird reason uh drop dead fred like, remember that uh, dinner scene where he she goes out with that uh, dude? She starts throwing her food all over the place. And, and then really him doing it. <laughs> and, and then he just enables it. He's just like, I love this. I love you for this. And he starts acting like a lunatic himself. It's like, I, I remember the Nostalgia Critic did a... He did a uh, review for it, and at that point, he was just like, no, 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 no. Like, over and over again, just like, No. And in many ways, it's like they kind of enable the, each other in a way, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's seen in a positive sense, you know? They enable each other both in weird ways and they enable each other in positive ways as well. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, very, I mean, they're very, very right for each other, I think, just because they're the right kind of messed up. And yeah. I think she's just the kind of person, she's honestly like really sweet to him. Oh yeah, very sweet to him. He, even when she's being really sexual with him, like she she gets pretty aggressive with him, right? <laughs> yeah. really almost, awesome. I dare I say, almost like rapey. Rapey, yeah, yeah exactly. it's, almost. it's almost rapey, and you know, I mean, that does happen. But but, but even so, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, I think Gordy knows what he's getting into he's when he goes over there, not to victim blame or anything. Dump take to his belly button. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> another level of absurdity. <laughs> it's like, I mean, first of all, how did he get the umbilical cord out of the out of the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why does he have a duct tape to himself? What was he trying? What point was he trying to make with this chick? With that, none of that. That has any explanation, but it's still just so funny because she just dismisses it. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, what is this? He whacks her in the face. Well, okay, I can work around it. <laughs> and the, the he has it. the umbilical cord, and she doesn't care for any of that. She just <laughs> is still trying to give him head. And, and then if you look all around her, uh, her apartment in that scene, it's like there's so much sexual imagery. Mm-hmm. With like, the... What was Eiffel that? Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower, but also all the rockets around there. Very phallic yeah. imagery, you know? Like, there's. Well, like, all it's all pretty much place. loaded yeah. with phallic, phallic symbols. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. She, she, she even wants him to take a cane and whack her on her shins. You know, it's like that. that basically, whacking her with a phallus, kind of, <laughs> if you really think about it. It's like. <laughs> 
man, that that scene is actually deep on so many different levels if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we, we could just probably sit here and just go through that scene alone right there. How are you? <laughs> It'd be a lot better if you could just pack my legs with this bamboo. Um, <clears throat> what? Just whack it against my shins as hard as you can, okay? <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> how's that? Oh, <laughs> come on, Gordy. You can do better than that. What are you, a little puss? <laughs> a, a puss? Uh, pussy, Come you on. Come on, pussy. You can do better than pussy, that. Pussy, I don't know. <laughs> oh. That? Come on, pussy, pussy. Uh, don't be shy, little pussy. <laughs> that this movie makes for itself i mean it allows for stuff like that little kid who keeps on like getting horribly injured Mm -hmm. but then he's fine like literally the next scene like i mean things just kind of come in and out of this movie well his face is still messed up yeah and then of course it's like there's what happens to his buddy played by harlan williams like he's pretty much completely victimized by this family (laughs) like pretty much by 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 gordy and like accidentally by gordy and directly by gordy's dad the skateboard ramp started (laughs) yeah the skateboard (laughs) ramp started all of that for him (laughs) He, he just like, like by that point he doesn't want anything to do with his family <laughs> like Jesus Christ and and of course there's I mean there's the fact that you know Gordy is just really able to kind of do whatever he wants here mm-hmm. like there's there's pretty nothing nothing that he doesn't do that I mean he he receives a little bit of a beat down from it from his dad like we're at the scuba scene right now like his, his dad is angry at him his dad kind of beats him down a little bit but even so it doesn't really have any bearing on Gordy's character it doesn't have a bearing on his arc it's it's just kind of ancillary in a way any, any type of consequence that he receives is ancillary mm-hmm. it, it's almost like in a way there's no real karma in this universe yeah yeah there's no real consequences there's no uh, everything that happens just happens and, and everybody they uh, Gordy go rolls away with it, you know. Yeah, you go on the next day like nothing happened. <laughs> it's fucking funny, gore. And, and consider Gordy and his brother Freddy. I mean, this really kind of sh- this universe. I mean, disproportionately rewards Gordy, while Freddy, like he pretty much does everything right. Like he has a job, he has his own place. I mean, he's he still kind of bums off his mom and dad a little bit, you know. But I mean, what honestly, what what kid doesn't mm-hmm. in some degree, whether they live with their parents or not? When I lived on my own, I definitely had to stay yeah, home. I, I, at least at least early on in life, or yeah. even later on, depending, you know. But I mean, they they both pretty much equal, and they have a very disproportionate uh, 
I mean, I mean they're kind of equal as far as uh, being brothers, more or less. But like Gordy gets rewarded, and Freddy ends up in a goddamn uh, group home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in spite, in spite of the fact that he's a grown ass man living on his own, and but but I mean. Another thing that should be said that when he's actually picked up, he's at his parents' house watching TV. It's like, what are you doing there, dude? Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of makes you wonder. It's like you, you never actually see Freddie in his apartment. You never actually see him. No. Where, like you never see him at his job. It kind of makes you wonder. Like, I mean, what does he do? What is he yeah. actually doing? Yeah. What is Freddie actually doing? He's dressed in a suit. When he ate breakfast with them. Yeah. I mean, he says that he has a job at the bank. I mean, interestingly enough, so does Harlan Williams. And we actually see Harlan, Harlan Williams at the bank. But we don't see Freddie. No, we don't see Freddie. So that, that brings up an interesting question. Is like, what exactly does Freddie do? Is like, is he really any better off than his brother? I mean, he at least exerts himself and his parents believe yeah, that yeah, he's, he's successful. He's more assertive, but he's also more acquiescent to his parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we are at the backwards man. The backwards man, the backwards, <laughs> backwards man. man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I'm the backwards man. Oh, man. That is like one of the most quotable things ever. And what, what amazes me is that his uh, the first thing his dad thinks is like, oh, did you get a job? It's like, <laughs> job that's what you, you got a job, Gord? It's like, is that what you took away from him wearing your suit backwards and <laughs> doing that? Job. Well, he's, he's used to these antics. I think. I'm sure by this point he's used to that shit. But even then, the backwards man is just so surreal. <laughs> so surreal. That, but, but like I said, in this universe, nothing is... There's no karma. Nothing is sacred. And Gordy can pretty much do whatever he wants and get away with it. He, even even with a, a parent as overbearing as his dad, he still in the end gets away with it and gets his gets his uh, dad's. Uh, Just give him a hundred bucks. Or <laughs> he, he gets his uh, dad's support in the end, and it's like, man, how did he do anything to really deserve any of it? No. No. <laughs> no, no, he didn't deserve anything to really receive the rewards that he gets in the end. He's just bullshitting his way through. But in the end, he doesn't come out completely unscathed because he is uh, he is uh, kidnapped by uh, the Taliban. I guess you could say, uh-huh. like he's kidnapped by the Taliban in Afghanistan and held Those captive. Just one of the most random things. That's right very, there very random, end. right? They're just in Afghanistan all of a sudden. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, it, 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 it's it's the funny thing is, is that it's a callback to a throwaway line after the daddy. Would you like some sausage scene, which we'll get into here in a second. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, literally, uh, his dad says something to the effect of, "If this was Afghanistan, you'd be sewing soccer balls by the time you were twelve, or some something yeah, like that, just to get something to eat." So yeah. it, it was basically just uh, his his form of a fuck you. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, is that he gets a million dollars at that point by selling one of his uh, one of his show drawings as a show. Mm-hmm. He, he gets it together and he sells it, and he completely squanders it on bullshit. And I then, know this is something that Tom Green actually said that he wanted to kind of portray. He was like, "This is the American way to squander a million to do to get a million dollars. Like, you get a million dollars, the most American thing to do is to fucking just squander it on nonsense. Spend it all Jesus right away. Christ. Spend it all on bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that is very true. Like on three or four things. Like, like look, look at some of the people who win a lot of money in the lotto. Mm-hmm. I mean, they fucking squander that shit like... Go through all of it. Like that. Got nothing. 
Like, like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of because, you know, people in certain social classes, they're just not uh, acclimated to having that much wealth. They're acclimated to doing without. And I think that's kind of the point there. Mm-hmm. Like he, he spends it all pretty much to impress his girlfriend and to say fuck you to his dad. That's pretty yeah. much the only thing he spends it's a million like, dollars it's on. It's like, dad, I did it. I sold my drawing for a million dollars. Yeah, it was literally like getting back together with his girlfriend and sending a huge middle finger to his dad. In like enormous ways that did he need to go to all of that <laughs> to get those things to happen? For him, I guess so, because I mean, eventually you can only be pushed so far before you push back. Yeah. And that was his way of pushing back. Very finally. true. Like yeah, He finally had the means to kind of put his dad in his place a little bit. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what he did. He took him to Afghanistan. It's like, yeah, we're in, Af- we're in Afghanistan now, Dad. Let's go in so shopping balls. Pakistan. Was it Pakistan? Pakistan. Oh, it Pakistan. was Pakistan. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, they, they do have those type of sweatshops in Afghanistan. So, you know, it's not that much of a stretch. But also in Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. But yeah, they they're they're in Pakistan, and then they get, that means that they're uh, taken up by the local uh, Pakistani government, not the Taliban, and or then, or possibly even like Al Qaeda, maybe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk backwards fast as you can. I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. Backwards man, the backwards man. The backwards. Did you get a job? Yeah. I got a job and I wanted to surprise you. Hey, you bullshit me, boy. No, I got a job working nights at a computer company and I was just borrowing one of your suits until I could get enough money to buy one of my own. Are you kidding? You just keep that suit. Oh, God. I knew you had it in you. You're just a late bloomer, that's all. Yeah, I just bloomed late. Hey, can I borrow 50 bucks or something, you know, for supplies, for like pens or liquid paper or a trapper keeper or one of those little metal compasses, you know, that you put the pencil and you screw it in and you make a circle. Perfect circle. Make a perfect circle. Hey, worker, take a hundred. Golly, Gord, I I knew if I kept yelling at you and pounding you over the head with it, you'd come around. <laughs> Golly, Dad, you were right all along. Come on, come on. You've got... No, no, no. <laughs> Just keep dancing, celebrate. Hell, man, this is a great day. Whoa. <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean, yeah, this came out in 2001, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember yeah, watching I mean, it. Yeah, <laughs> it came out quite, didn't it come out a few months before 9-11? Damn, I remember 9-11. Jesus Christ. Jeez. It's, it's kind of weird that now we have, this movie's almost kind of an artifact of the pre-9-11 era in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, this is very pre-9-11. I mean, there, there's just shit in here that you're not going to see in most post 9-11 films would you see that the world got more serious after that 
the cinematic well, world? You kind of have to have been there to really understand it. For a while there, after 9-11, we didn't want to have like serious, gritty films or anything like that. We wanted uh, fluff. Mm-hmm. We wanted Mission Impossible 2. We wanted Triple X. We okay. wanted we wanted shit like that. Fast and the Furious movies. We wanted Fast and the Furious. Which were great all-time movies. We yeah. wanted... Uh, didn't Entrapment come out post 9-11? Yeah. Yeah, we wanted shit like that. Okay. You know, we wanted to kind of dive straight the into... Matrix. The Matrix. Right. No, we wanted The Matrix. We wanted to... Matrix is pre... That's pre-9-11, though. That's, that's 99. Uh, is it 99? Yeah, that came out in 99. Okay, I think in 2000. Yeah, that's... Yeah. No, uh, Matrix is pre-2000s. pre, two, pre 2000s. But, I mean, that that's, that's really... That was the kind of the cinematic... Uh, zeitgeist of that time it was just like you know extreme sports and everything you know that that was another big thing and you also had like the extreme new metal from exactly. the decade before MMA that was, was brand new too yeah cool. MMA was brand new I mean it, it, everything was just more extreme more extreme more extreme it was, it was pretty much kind of a logical extension of the 90s just mm-hmm. under the guise of a tragedy you know a massive tragedy. So it, it was a very weird and very heady time to grow up. Like I, I, I was barely 19 at the time. Really? Yeah. I was, I was 19 at the time. I just got out of job corps. And I mean, the years preceding that was just, I don't know. It was kind of a haze in many ways. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you were a youngin at the time, you know, I mean, Robert, how old were you at the time? You were, well, well, what year was it? 2001. Yeah, I was probably like 12 years old. Yeah, y'all, y'all were young. Thir- 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember buying my first car that year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was a legal adult at the time, you know, still pretty much a kid. But, yeah, I mean, cinematically and even on television, people just wanted escape. You know, they just wanted to escape that shit. And in a way, I mean, Freddy Got Fingered, it's kind of an artifact of what was before that. You know, much like most of, most of the 90s, but this right here especially. It was just, it was kind of that weird period going up towards 9-11. We didn't know what was coming, like, so we could have an absurdist comedy like this, mm-hmm. you know? We could have something like this at that, before that. And if it never happened, I mean, who knows? Things could have gone on in a, cinematically and culturally in a completely different way. Who knows? But... That's a discussion for another time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, we've gone through a few of those scenes, but let's actually discuss the, some of the scenes themselves, man. Like, I think we should go back to the birthing scene, because that right there is quite possibly one of the bloodiest things ever, and there's, mm-hmm. like, no one actually dies in it. <laughs> I thought for sure the baby was dead. And yeah. And I guess I realized afterwards, okay, it's not that dark. Mm, well, but... Yeah, it wasn't that dark, but here, here's what's funny. In the very ending scene, you know, where that kid goes off and gets, mm. where Tommy, he gets uh, chopped up by the propeller, and he says, I'm okay. He says, I'm okay. Yeah. okay that, that line, I'm okay, wasn't in the original cut. Oh, really? He, he literally got decapitated and died. Wow. That was the end of Tommy right there. That's a propeller but, blade. But the, stu- <laughs> the studio didn't like that, so they had him put that line in just to say, I'm okay. Yeah, all that blood, you them. would have been dead already. <laughs> Which and makes it more absurd. Yeah, yeah, it makes it, yeah, it makes it more absurd and surreal is that it almost kind of makes it like a family guy kind of thing in mm-hmm. a way. You know? It kind of has like family guy logic in a, in a weird sense. But I guess killing, killing a Newborn infant would have been too far. Oh yeah, I'm just swinging an infant baby, a newborn baby, around by his umbilical cord, just so we can try to get him to breathe. Why is he not breathing? <laughs> it's just so hilariously offensive. 
I'll never forget this. When when I was like in my early twenties, I was hanging out with some of my friends out here in Lake Hills at the time. We we it was uh, some members in a band I was jamming with at the time, and uh, I watched this movie with with them. And we got up to the birthing scene. I noticed I was the only one laughing maniacally. Everybody else was just like, "What." What wow. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. I was the only one laughing maniacally at it. My brother was too. My brother was <laughs> laughing at it. And I was just like, oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with you people? This is amazing. It, it, it's like, where else are you going to see something like that? It was a shock for me. Like, yeah, I, there's a lot of first sh- I couldn't get past it, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of shocking scenes in this film. But that that's kind of the point is that it was kind of making a commentary on a lot of the gross out comedies that came out at that time. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I know you haven't seen American Pie or anything. Like, scary I've movie. seen American Pie, the original scary movie. You've seen American Pie, like, about the original oh. scary movie. Wait. No. Well, there was a lot of uh, sh- movies like that that were very gross out. You know, they had like a lot of like weird sexual humor with. Most most often involving teens, which was kind of weird. I mean, there's always been teen sex comedies, but these were like teen sex comedies. Like, and there was like in American Pie, you had like Shannon Elizabeth and Jason Jason Biggs or whatever his name is, fucking yeah. fucking performing for uh, the internet. You know I mean, you you didn't see some, anything like that before. That was new. That was a new thing. Right? But it was also like this weird sexualization of kids that were under eighteen, which was also kind of weird. Yeah, you know, but it's it's honest, it's truthful, it's realistic. Yeah, it's very much a product of its time, but you know, it did have a lot of real absurd kind of uh, gross-out moments that, in many ways, I don't know, probably didn't really help the plot that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, arguably, you couldn't have American Pie without the apple pie thing. Oh yeah, you couldn't have it with that. But there were exactly. some other things in that where it was just like, I mean, what's the point, guys? <laughs> What's the point of this movie? And then you see the pie, right? Yeah. I mean, another another good example is uh, is uh, there's something about Mary. You know, like the whole thing where he jacks off, he jizzes, and ben it's all ben, it's in Ben Stiller's uh, hair, and Cameron Diaz puts it in her hair. That is hilarious. I mean, that, that, that's what this movie was kind of referencing a little bit, and it was just taking it to a, to a next level extreme, I mean, through the lens of Tom Green's actual uh, comedy. Which, I mean, becomes so absurd, it's almost iconic. Like, for instance, we are watching the Daddy Would You Like Some Sausages scene. I mean, (laughs) that scene right there, I mean, it's all because his girlfriend tells him it's like to find a way to be creative, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a... but um, And she tells him, you need to eat... Yeah, you need to and eat draw, and draw and be and, creative. And, and he takes—he's so literal about it that that's literally what he does. He, he does makes it a contraption all at the same, simultaneously to do it yeah. simultaneously. It's like—I mean—that's—that's that's ingenious, honestly. <laughs> but it's like—it's like so pointless too, right? Because I mean, it doesn't even help him. I mean, and it only makes his situation worse when it's you like, really think about it. What's the whole it. point of this? Because look what it leads to. It leads to his uh, f- his dad finally snapping and completely demolishing his ramp that he worked so hard on. That right there, I mean, it doesn't work out for him at all. Not at all. That was a badass half pipe too. <laughs> it was a badass half pipe if a little shoddily built. I mean, his homeboy did kind of bust his leg open on yeah. that. <laughs> Creative? 
Now, if you'll excuse me, I still have some work to do. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausage? Sausages! Sausages! Just get outside and you just cool off. You want me to cool out? All right, I'll show you a cool out. Oh, just keep kissing his ass. I feel better already. Which is a crazy scene in its own right, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. Harlan Williams' leg is just sitting there completely busted open. There's there's bones protruding and mm-hmm. blood all over the place. And then the, Gordy is just like freaking, he's just like, oh shit, but then he starts licking it. <laughs> and, and his dad is just like, get him a job. No, no, you get a job. Get him an ambulance. You get a job. It's so ridiculous, man. I love it. But in many ways, it kind of reminds me of my dad a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he's not that crazy, but I mean, you can get pretty animated. <laughs> you, you could relate to it. I can relate to that. Yeah, my dad can get animated like that. Not anymore. Not so much anymore. But what's he funny used to. is that that ends up becoming the catalyst for Gordy's dream coming true is the personality of his father, which is when cartoonized finally gets uh, this legendary cartoonist to see the potential. Exactly. And to understand the humor. Cause it, and it's something that, that Gordy portrays. And so if you think about it, maybe that's kind of what worked for Tom Green as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe in a way it portraying just these was... Portraying antics. Yeah, it was portraying those kind of antics and, you know, going back to his uh, humor on his show and incorporating his uh, parents in that, it was kind of... Uh, I mean, that was the source of his humor, and that's ultimately what kind of brought him into the mainstream and, you know, ensured that he would ha- bring some wealth to his family. Mm-hmm. So in, in much like in this movie, it all kind of comes full circle. And, but it ends up making Rip Torn's character just extremely important to the plot. Yeah, even more important than he would he himself would probably even oh, know. Here's, here's know. that moment. <laughs> oh yes, the moment, the the crowning moment of the movie, the whole the f- title to the movie, the whole title to the movie is said yeah. here, where he says he fingered Freddy, and it's like, oh my god, we are literally talking about him making a false child molestation claim against his dad <laughs> and everybody just believing it. Nobody even like nobody. No, he doesn't even. Nobody questions it. Not even the the uh, psychiatrist slash social worker that they're seeing, and like, his wife that you know has been married for years, just immediately jumps onto this. They, yeah, they immediately are disgusted by it. Like, there's not even a second uh, a second to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, which is kind of notable. Like, oh, maybe this is why he's acting so crazy because of his father. Yeah, yeah, e- e- easily. Yeah, that's why he is. Oh, there's uh, Tom Green's lymph nodes. <laughs> yeah, that's his opened abdomen right there, guys. Wow. His actual surgery. His actual surgery. Crazy. It's totally shown on uh, MTV as well. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's this is really just uh, a scene that should not happen. But mm-hmm. like I said, in the in the world that this uh, movie builds, I mean, it can only make sense in that, you know? Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense that a grown-ass man would be taken to a group home for allegedly being molested by his 
father when he doesn't even live there. That's you know? hilarious. Oh my God. You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense at all, but I mean, people just believe him. He's like, we're looking for little Freddy. <laughs> and especially someone as unreliable as Gordy, who mm-hmm. fucking throws a, throws a goddamn bust out of a fucking window and jumps out of it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, after that, wouldn't the uh, psychiatrist be like, Okay, I don't know about what he's saying. Maybe he's making it up a little bit. It goes back to this universe's lack of realism. Lack of realism, and in a way, it has almost a lack of real, of real moral conscience, in a way. Yeah. Like, there's very little moral conscience here. I mean, it kind of what allows Gordy to do what he does to his father and to his family. Like, he pretty much t- tears his family apart. What does he like, say? Literally. I'm 25 years old. <laughs> he, he literally tears his family apart. His, I mean, Rip Torn's wife leaves him, Julie Haggerty. His wife leaves him. His wife leaves him. His brother. His, his brother is in a group home at the... Oh, man. He did all this. So, yeah. yeah. He, he's still in a group home by the end of the movie. Yeah. Freddie is still... weird. Yeah. Tears apart the entire family. Tears them, tears them apart. His mom is having sex with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> well, it's great that just randomly Shaquille O'Neal pops up in this movie. All randomly. <laughs> Remember his movies, too? Like... Real Steel or Kazam. <laughs> yeah. And another notable thing is that during this time, he was dating Drew Barrymore, and Drew Barrymore also makes a cameo in this movie uh-huh. as the s- secretary for Anthony Michael Hall, another interesting actor that he got for this role. He got Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, she plays his uh, secretary, and Tom Green straight up lies to her and tells her that homeboy's wife is dead. Yes. Like, Linda's dead. <laughs> it's like... And the interesting thing is, is that he, he's never called out on it. He never calls out his lie. Like, mm-hmm. like his, it, Drew Barrymore literally believes that his wife is dead. And even though it becomes incredibly absurd, everyone in that room believes the lie without a doubt. Yeah, that's something that you see a lot here. Is oh, God. I, I like to think it's kind of one of the motifs of this film is just straight up acquiescence to, uh, mm-hmm. not so much to power, but acquiescence to the flow of the universe in a way. And to the flow, it's an acquiescence to the logic of this movie in a way. All the characters acquiesce to it. They don't question anything. Oh, God. I mean, lie after lie after lie happens. Like, here, here's this other scene where Rip Torn is saying, fuck me, fuck me. It's like, obvious. We, obviously, we know the context that it's happening, but Julie Haggerty's character sees him from the doorway and with no context, and she just takes it for face value. Mm. I mean, it makes me wonder if, if uh, this movie was trying to say something about that, about just how just how society in general sometimes just blindly follows and doesn't question anything, Mm -hmm. you know, because nobody ever really questions like even uh, Tom Green himself. No, they very, very rarely has ever questioned. The only person that ever really questions him is the executive. When you really think about it, Mm -hmm. when he finally confronts him with like, no, what does any of this mean? This sucks. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, the, the cartoonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the, yeah the uh, executive at the cartoon studio. He's the only one that really tells Gordy the truth, in mm-hmm. a way. And not, not like just this angry breathing down the... Like, like this bearing down that his father does, you know, where he, or he's very overbearing. But, I mean, he actually says, Gordy, this doesn't make sense. It's, Come back when it makes sense. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking mm-hmm. stupid. Like, that's the one motherfucker who speaks truth in any of this movie, really. That's hilarious. <laughs> the badger with a bag of eyeballs. Hell yeah. And what did y'all think of the uh, 
of the uh, date scene between uh, Gordy and uh, his woman at the restaurant. When he was acting like a Wall Street guy. Yeah, he's acting yeah. like he's trying to <laughs> impress his girlfriend. Obviously, he doesn't need to. Yeah. She, she's already totally down for him. In fact, even when she figures out the lie, it has no effect on her. And no, she just. Once again, no consequences at all. Yeah. No consequences. There's not even a real consequence with uh, his girlfriend. He's the one who ends up uh, kind of going off on her and initiating their uh, third act breakup. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's the one that breaks it off with her. Yeah, yeah. And his girlfriend, she's just so sweet to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's I mean, a giver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. she's still sweet and she's still like so like, and you can tell she's really hurt by what he says. You know, and she, she kind of shows him up a little bit. Yeah. But in the end, when he's uh, at at the scene at the helicopter where he gives her the jewels, what does she say? It's like, I don't care about any of that. I just want to suck your dick, <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> just she cock. just, she just wants to suck his cock, right? Pure, purely simple. <laughs> Pure and simple as that. That's funny. I have a bag of jewels for you. They're jewels, Betty. They're jewels. I mean, once again, he gets disproportionately rewarded by this universe. You know, so it's about the rockets, Betty. <laughs> he, he, what he does to her in this scene, just is beyond fucked up. I thought, what his dad, yeah, does to like him. where he just, he just legitimately destroys her dream. He, he doesn't destroy her dream. He just shits all over it. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't give up. No, she yeah. doesn't give up. She, she ends up doing her thing on the rocket chair, and that's what, that's what initially uh, inspires him. Inspires him to go back and. Uh, you know, go back to his drawings and everything and trying to do it one more time. Do it one more time. You she, know, she definitely brings him up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The group home. This is oh. so creepy. When you really think about it. So like, I heard you got fingers. <laughs> I just love how matter of fact that is. It's like, I wonder if there is some realism there. Watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was hilarious. <laughs> which we're going to watch with you one day, Ash. Yeah, Ash, you're going to have to watch te- uh, TCM. You're going to have to watch Texas Chainsaw. I saw uh, Leatherface, actually. You saw Leatherface? What was that? The recent. Uh, the, the recent, like, uh, prequel. Oh, I guess. okay. I got you. Well, then you have to see the original. That's the then. 2017 one that came out. Yeah, the one oh, that I got just you. Yeah. came out. Yeah. Where it's, the, yeah, it's the prequel. I have not seen that, but I have all of them. To be. Have, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen the remake that came out in the mid-2000s? No. With the Jessica Biel? No, no you never saw great. that one? Yeah. It's actually not a bad remake. It's not a great remake either. It was I mean, okay. Ar- Arlie Ermey yeah. was pretty good in it. Like He was pretty solid. What about... The next generation of Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that was crazy. That that's going to be a an episode and probably season three. I think just got done watching that. We need to make that an episode because that is just so delirious. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Renee Zellweger too. Yeah, for real. But how how about the scene where he's in the bathroom and he's uh, wearing the scuba the scuba suit and everything, and his dad his dad is trying to fuck with him hardcore because he's just been in the bathroom for like an hour. And then he just finds him, and he's holding up the soap and the rope. He's like, I found a treasure, Daddy. It's buried <laughs> treasure. It's a treasure. Gee, is that idiot still in the shower? Shit, how much water is he going to use? Yeah, how much is he going to use? All of it? Should save some for the fish or something, huh, Pop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
top on a roll. That think it's a treasure. Get out of my goddamn scuba gear, you imbecile! So you clean up this mess and get your ass out that door looking for a job, you retard. We can live like kings, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird because it's like he's still trying to be this like uh, this attaboy type of character mm-hmm. for his uh, dad, but it's also kind of a fuck you just with the total craziness. Absolutely. Like in many ways, it's it is. Uh, his behavior towards his dad is kind of a fuck you to him. Yeah. Massive middle figure to him in so many ways. But he's still also, once again, going back to the theme of acquiescence in this movie, he still wants, he still wants his uh, father's approval. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he, once he gets his approval, he might actually kind of actually acquiesce to him somewhat. Uh, A little boy. Oh yeah, the little boy. Oh man, oh, this poor kid. <laughs> that poor kid, Tommy. He Would just get, he gets fucked up throughout the entire fucking <laughs> movie. Oh my god, this guy's fucked. Would you mop and then mop the okay. window? Oh yeah, too? he's in the sandwich <laughs> shop and he's mopping the goddamn fucking <laughs> fucking booths and the tables. That's disgusting. That's probably used to mop the bathrooms. Bathroom. Mm-hmm. You ha- you ha- has to be. That is hilarious. I mean, we we work at a grocery store. We have mops and mop buckets. We know how that is. Disgusting. It's gross. (laughs) I wouldn't use that. And he's also using it to wipe down the fucking glass, too, as well. (laughs) Oh, my God. Son, wait. What? You're not taking that bus to Los Angeles. You bought me a ticket on this bus to Los Angeles. That's not all they bought you. There. It's yours. Hop in. Oh. Come on, you're driving. It's a, it's a LeBaron. Thank you for your boots. It's a LeBaron. Good car. Convertible. Jeez. Uh, convertible. This is number one son in the license plate. It's me. I'm the number one son. What about me, Mom? You're number one son too. How come Gord gets a LeBaron and I don't? It's because they love me more than they love you. No, 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 they don't. Yeah, I only see one LeBaron, Freddy. I only see one, I don't see two LeBarons. Gordy. Gordy. Do you see two LeBarons? Gordy. Knock it off. Where's your LeBaron, Freddy? Where's your LeBaron? Boys. Boys. How many LeBarons? Are there two LeBarons? Shut up. Hey, Gord. This car is more than a gift. It's kind of an investment. I believe in my son. You'd be a good man. Father, I will be a good man. You make your daddy proud. You hear me? I'm gonna make you proud, Daddy. I'm gonna make you so proud. You make your daddy proud. You're gonna be so proud. 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 Now, this movie was 
panned critically and also panned by audiences initially when it came out. I mean, Roger Ebert was pretty legendarily harsh on this movie. Like, he says something to the effect of, like, this movie doesn't even scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie it doesn't even belong in the barrel. This movie is the barrel. <laughs> it is the bottom. So it's not even the bottom of the barrel. The it is the barrel. Yeah. No, I mean... He, he was pretty harsh on it, but later on, like before he passed away, he kind of came around and said, look, there's some flashes of brilliance here. Like, I mean, this there will be a, uh, a point where this movie will be commended for its surreal nature. Will it ever be funny? Probably not, at least in his opinion. I think it's hilarious, it's but hilarious. Ebert didn't think that it was funny at all. He, th- he thought that it was uh, as funny as a goddamn public execution. <laughs> Like, it's like a little Susan. too much at times. I can see why someone may not. Yeah, and, and at that time, especially in the pre nine pre nine eleven, you know, I mean, it was just far too out there to for people. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's something that now that we're in this weird, twisted kind of zeitgeist that we're in right now, it, it actually makes a lot more sense. Like in reality, when when you think about like certain, dare I say, Trump supporters <laughs> and the way that they behave. It's kind of almost prophetic, right? In a way, Ash? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of prophetic. I'm not saying that Gordy would have been a Trump supporter if this movie came out <laughs> would be made this time, but you know, it kind of has some of the craziness and the surrealness that kind of bled over into real life recently, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. This just kind of completely absurd mentality. But I mean, now just think about it back in 2001 Mm -hmm. for people at that time. I mean, it was just a little much for them to say. Like I said before, like on the IMDb reviews, there's like so many one out of tens Mm -hmm. on there. Like there's a lot of people who are just like they couldn't see beyond just the dumb nature of the humor. They just couldn't see beyond the uh, grossness of the comedy. They couldn't see beyond the overly melodramatic uh, scenes and everything, because I mean that's another thing. For all, the, it all, not only does it amp up its its humor, it amps up the drama a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. In between, like there's moments where you know there's actual conflict between these characters that really, like even so, I mean you don't have any real karmic retribution, but it does have some consequence between the characters themselves, at least. You know what I mean? I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it it was it still stands at eleven percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> to this point. But conversely, the audience score is fifty four percent. Yeah. So so over half of the its general audience likes this movie. I think it's it's hard to judge a movie like this on the same scale as you would other movies. Yeah. You just kind of have to recognize the genius. Yeah, seriously, man. There's just movies that are kind of like that, like to a degree like Zardoz or the Rocky Horror Picture Show or, you know, what's another, what's another weird horror movie that can be said that like uh, early Peter Jackson, you know, like you can see those flourishes there. You know, like Dead Alive and Bad Taste. Oh. <laughs> I showed Dead Alive to Robert, and uh, I'm going to have to show that to Ash, ladies and gentlemen. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the out-of-print uh, original DVD of that, and it is primo. Dead Alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is a movie that is just all kinds of gushy. Gushy in so many ways. Gushy in ways that this movie wishes it could be. 
Over time, this movie has kind of hit a critical renaissance. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, Chris Rock really likes this movie. Chris now. Rock, yeah, that's funny. I mean, and <laughs> and also, I mean, there's a uh, there's a lot of YouTubers that'll still kind of give it shit a little bit, but you know, they'll still kind of admit that you know the the absurdity of the comedy is kind of artistic in its own right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's real art to this movie. I mean, you you can't make something this surreal and absurd and not have some type of artistic edge to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, even in the in the way that I mean, there's even animation incorporated. The look at my hooves, you know, the zebras in America, mm-hmm. which is a very very silly concept here. And interestingly enough, one of the uh, one of the guys that made uh, Titmouse, which would do Metalocalypse later on on Adult Swim, he animated this. Nice. Yeah, well, that's the uh, company that did uh, that did uh, Metalocalypse and whatnot. It, it is funny how it just kind of goes in and out of, uh, goes from absurdity and then just kind of almost poignant drama that's still absurd in its own right, you know? <laughs> like, you know, the scene after his, uh, after his half pipe is obliterated, where he's just like completely beside himself and he's looking at his mom, just, he's genuinely hurt and he's just like, you should. We don't have to take this from him anymore. You should have sex with random men. You should be sleeping <laughs> with basketball stars. Like, I mean, there's there's something really genuine that there. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like genuinely traumatized by that because it's it is a pretty extreme act for a parent to do. Yeah. Even as some, even a kid that old. Well. I think he also probably had it in his mind, like my house, my rules. Oh man, I mean that's that's very typical of yeah. that type of scenario. Believe me, believe me. I understand it too. <laughs> now, I mean, this, now this movie has a cult following. I mean, I'm definitely part of that cult. Ash, are you part of that cult now? I, I believe so. No. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. And honestly, there's a kind of a growing. Uh, it's almost kind of an in joke amongst its uh, fan base, but it's actually, I think that there's some movement now mm-hmm. on the internet to make this a release on the Criterion Collection, which if people don't know, that's like a boutique uh, DVD uh, company that they restore uh, really important works of cinema with like fully like audio and visual and everything. And they release it with a bunch of supplementals with a very, very nice cover and everything. And they usually go for about 40 bucks sometimes or even more depending on what you're looking for mm-hmm. but i mean this is a uh, line of dvds that have stuff like eating raul it has time bandits on it uh, monty python and the life of brian was on it for a little while i mean i think holy grail was on there like i mean it, it recently added bowling for columbine the michael moore documentary on there mm-hmm. it had house which is just absolutely out there right 
that the, movie House, that, that Japanese the, movie, seventies, Oh man, that movie Dude, is that just hilarious. I don't know, I don't know what the fuck to make of that. <laughs> but I, I gotta say, if they can have something like that on the Criterion Collection, they should be able to release a fully restored director's cut of this movie because that's another thing. Tom Green wants to do a director's cut of this movie. Mm. If there's anybody that could probably allow him to do that, if they were able to buy the rights from Warner Brothers, it would be Criterion. Either that or maybe Shout Factory or Arrow could do it. Like That would be cool. Those are some other really important boutique. Uh, they make collector's editions of DVDs and mm. everything, you know, especially like genre movies or really hard to find movies. Yeah. This is something that should be uh, should get a uh, reappraisal in the current uh, in our current zeitgeist, and it's something that should be elevated to a better release. Like there needs to be a restoration, there needs to be a director's cut. Tom Green needs to be able to release the movie he wanted to release. That's what I think because I think that society can handle it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think we're at the point where we can, we can handle uh, what Tom Green really wanted to say here. Or, or, or we just need to hear it. We just, we just <laughs> no, got, or maybe, yeah, maybe we like, just need to hear we it. We just anyways. got done watching the Super Troopers 2 back then, right? And yeah, yeah, like yeah. That humor was fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that humor. Canadian and a lot of that too. is was very s- kind of silly in its own right. And I almost go so far as to say that there's maybe a little bit of an... Of a common of a common link between those two movies, like if if I wanted to watch a uh, late '90s, early 2000s a comedy uh, dual feature, I would pick uh, Super Troopers in this movie. Yeah, like seriously, back Freddy, to back. Back yeah. to back. I mean, it's practically seamless, except obviously uh, Super Troopers is a little more formal, but th- it also has its own kind of absurdism to it as well. Mm-hmm. It's just not as uh, world driven. You know, the the absurdity is more character driven there. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we need to get this movie on the Criterion Collection. Like, hit hit up Tom Green on Twitter at Tom Green Live, and hit up uh, Criterion Collection on Twitter as well. And honestly, I think that we could totally get this get this done. I mean, hell, I've even seen some fake uh, Criterion uh, covers for this movie. So some people have also agreed. Yes, there's quite a few people that agree to this. I mean, I think that there was somebody on Twitter, one of our, one of our followers, one of the podcasts that follow us, that said, like, "Is that that jokingly said? Is that the Criterion Collection release?" <laughs> it's like, man, I wish. <laughs> it's, it's just the original DVD, which for, for some reason I had a bitch of a time initially back in the day finding this. Me too. Really, I found it at Best Buy. When I, I eventually found it at Half Price Books for like three bucks. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's a cheap movie if you find it. Honestly, it's pretty cheap. But, I mean, it's definitely worth it to buy, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I know that we feature a lot of movies that we really, really like and we really, really want to push on here, and we promise we're going to get to a shitty movie eventually. I mean, I think <laughs> Master of Disguise might be coming up in the next uh, season, I think. Another Dana Carvey film. <laughs> oh, Dana Carvey. Oh, why couldn't you just stick to Garth? <laughs> right, you were better in Wayne's World, bro. You were better in, in Wayne's World, bro. That, that was just sad. But we're going to get to that. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, this is definitely a, a actual important work that I think needs to be analyzed a little more than just at surface value, at surface level, at face value or anything like that. Mm. It actually deserves some actual consideration. You know, it may not be pretty. I mean, it is pretty disgusting. <laughs> but there's so many, so many movies out there that are like that, that are 
all-time classics. Like, for instance, a good uh, movie to bring up uh, in defense of this film is John Waters' Pink Flamingos, which has a lot of really controversial, messed-up scenes, but it's kind of, in a weird way, it's like a precursor to this. Mm. I mean, there's almost a real, a real John Waters-esque vibe to uh, Tom Green's humor and to this movie. It's, it's like just a few uh, drag queens away from having being a John Waters film. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to drag queens. <laughs> oh, my name is Harry. Ah, you hear the funny sound? You hear the funny sound? It's my hooves. It's my hooves. In Africa, the humans hated us because of our zebra lower bodies, and the zebras hated us because of our human upper bodies. So my family, we moved from Africa to start over in America. But life in America wasn't perfect. Especially for zebras who were used Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give our final thoughts on this movie now. We're going to start with Robert. Robert, what are your final thoughts here? Uh, what the hell was he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, in detail, I mean, wh where do you think this movie is coming from? Where do you think it should be now? I think it deserves to be re-released for a younger audience to see. Really. Definitely. Yeah. It needs a re-release with... I really don't think people have really seen this film. Uh -huh. Like Ash. I mean, this is your first time, right? Yeah, and Ash, Ash is pretty young himself. He's uh -huh. the youngest member of our cast here right now. But, I mean, yeah, it should be preserved for a younger, uh, younger generation. Yeah, I mean... Get more people to see this. Yeah, Most I mean, people don't like Andy Dick or Pauly Shore and... Yeah. My dad yeah. hates Tom Green, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my parents hated him, too. I mean, but he was just so subversive and out there, and, you know, his his humor was totally right up our alley. You know, it was right up our alley when we were growing up. <laughs> Me and my brother, I mean, we, we totally, and, and also my friends at the time, we totally gravitated towards it. It's exactly the type of uh, humor and movie that was needed at that time, and it's needed now. Yeah. Kind of like how Rocky is needed now. This movie is needed now. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Now, Ash, what are your final thoughts on this movie? This movie is a trip. This movie was just... I think you're right. It's something that definitely needs to be out there because this movie just goes full force. It doesn't hold back. It just puts everything out front and i think we kind of need that yeah. you know I, I think it's something that definitely needs to be done because people are so scared to adhere to to rules and i think that's a main theme of a lot of the movies we've done so far is that they're movies that just didn't they didn't stick by the book yeah exactly yeah quite a few of our movies are like that yeah whether we're talking about the stoner comedies we uh showed uh, earlier in the season you know like how high or even like Eraserhead, or mm -hmm. even going back to Halloween. You know, this was all, you know, 
these were all movies that were grew up with pretty grew much. up with that were outside of the box yeah. even food fight as terrible as it was at least it tried to do something out of, outside of the box mm -hmm. kind of you know it was creative same with the room you know I mean, yeah, we, we really kind it's an of... an original thought. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've really focused on movies that we feel were kind of original. Completely original, yeah. Like even something like Hardcore Henry. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, our intro beat is by At Dark Sun. You can find it on Twitter. You can find us on Podbean. We are now on Spotify. That's a big announcement right there. We are now on the second uh, largest podcasting app out there. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out what's up with our iTunes. iTunes, come on, help us out. Yeah, help us out, y'all. We, we need help here. We need help, iTunes. It's like, come on, man. Don't be a dick. Be a dude. <laughs> but we're also on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Stitcher. We're on WordPress, Tumblr. You can find us on Instagram now. And we also have a Patreon. You can find us uh, at Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. And we also have, for movie commentaries, a Podbean Patreon page as well. So for $1 to $5 a month, you can get full-length commentaries done by yours truly and our little group of uh, podcasters here. Our little group of podcasters. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what it is. <laughs> pretty much. And stay tuned for our final couple of episodes of this season and season two like we said in the previous uh, episode it's coming soon so ladies and gentlemen we thank you uh, Robert uh, Ash y'all want to say anything um, I just hope you guys watch this film because I had a lot of fun with it too yeah Ash this film needs to be watched um, I think honestly no matter what kind of a mindset you're in no matter what kind of a movie viewer you are you need to see this because yeah. it just breaks so many limits it's just definitely, make it definitely. definitely. <laughs> but with all of that said we thank you for listening to this episode I'm Bo Maddox Ashley Chancellor I'm Robert Ortegon Collateral Cinema out bye
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by their respective creators. Please don't sue us. We're poor.